2: It's time for WEI Late Night
1: with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look
2: as sharp as Rob Bradford. GouldsClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett.
3: All right, welcome back, Sports Radio W E. I it's Friday night late night. I'm Jim Hackett, Justin Turpin sitting along and you guys calling in. Lots of calls on hour one. Thank you for that. Thanks for tuning in. And uh what else will we be talking about on a Friday night, three days away from Monday night football, Pats, Bears? Chuck that one in the victory column. I don't care who quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. bring Hoyer back with a concussion. They'll win they'll win that game. But we're talking a lot about You know, it's looking like Mac Jones is going to come back. Uh, Coach Belichick allowed him to speak today for a full 90 seconds. So uh, hopefully you didn't blink and miss that one. And it wasn't very compelling anyway. But just the fact that he was allowed to approach the media with a microphone and answer a question or two, interesting. Uh, The other thing I thought was interesting is it was reported all day that he was limited and then I saw on NBC Sports Edge, which is a fantasy football site, and their information is pretty good. You get some talented guys that report over there. You know, Matthew Berry's over there now is a guy. And they said full, you know, full participants. So I think you can look at Monday Night Football and you'll very well see Mac Jones. And by the way, that's what I want. And it's no knock on Bailey Zappi. I am happy with Zappi. Like you, all those with Zappi fever, I'm happy with Zappi. I'm happy as my backup quarterback right now. That's what I'm happy about. And I want to give Mac Jones, as I wrote in my article – You know, question for Belichick, what's best for the team? What's best for the team is to give both your quarterbacks an even slate, a a clean, equal slate. Bailey Zappi was given a clean slate with solid communication, not convoluted communication with multiple designs of different plays and different schemes blending in to see what will work in the extended preseason of September. That's not what he had. He had controlled, controlled, Conservative, lots of protection, lots of play action, lots of opportunity against opponents who are ripe to get it, and they won. So give Mac the same chance on Monday night if he plays. If not, keep rolling with it. Keep rolling with Zappy. I'm fine with that. But at some point you gotta give Mac that shot. The problem is is that after this week it gets a little bit harder. Let's see what John in the car has to say. John, thanks for calling.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Um, I think uh, one of the questions that has been asked is, oh, uh, that it's been talked about is, you know, Mac has thrown five picks. I don't really think that, that should, that's the question. I think the question that should be asked is, why has Mac thrown four picks on 14 targets to Devontae Parker and one pick to, on 83 passes to other receivers? That, that's a statistical anomaly. So I, I believe that Mac is being told to throw the ball to Devontae Parker on particular plays. And, um, and the reason why I believe that is on one of the passes that Devontae, that got picked off to Parker um, when, um, at the end of the game. The Ravens game.
4: Yeah.
1: Yep. J- yeah, Jones said that's where the team wanted the ball to go. Yeah. So that's telling me someone told him to throw there to throw that ball there. On the on the pick and the Ravens in the end zone, Jones was sitting on the bench, and he threw his hands up in the air and said, it's cover four. Now, I don't know what that means, other than he's not blaming himself mm-hmm. for that pass. He's blaming Parker for not being in the right location on whatever this cover four is. Yeah. So I think that, I just think he's being forced to throw the ball to Parker. It's the same as the pass that, um, and this, this check and Duck Bruce Arians offense almost destroyed Jamison's Winston's career with 30 picks in a season and got him multi-concussed and it, it would have done the same thing to um it would have done the same thing to Mac Jones.
3: Yeah, John, and, you, you uh, and I you and I are in lockstep. I've been saying this for 2 weeks. I've been saying this for 2 weeks and that's a great call. Thanks for the call. Um and I wrote this in the article. I'm going to take take you to it in terms of what the Patriots offense was doing in changing their offense and and ostensibly setting up Mac Jones to fail in certain situations. So from the article that I wrote, it's up on WEI.com now, part two of the 2022 offense also looked looked to add hints of a jump ball passing attack where players with good 50-50 compete skills would be put in positions to make plays at the catch point. This led to critical failures. Now, Devontae Parker, as his name is John, is that right? John in the car. That's exactly who that means. John is 100% right on that. And who signed Devontae Parker? Do we remember that? Would that be Bill Belichick? That was Matt Patricia. Oh, Patricia that was a Matt yes. Patricia signing, okay? And Matt Patricia, when he was the head coach for a couple years there in Detroit, they played that style too. And I think Matt Patricia is a bright guy. And I think Bill Belichick trusts him. And I think Matt Patricia is, is starting to prove himself a little bit more than as we knew him as a defensive coordinator solely and a failed head coach in Detroit. He's starting to prove himself a little bit in terms of that he can at least get it. And he can and he can break it down and, and turn it into something that is usable on the field. It didn't start so good. But he's showing me a little bit of something. But but back to what John in the car was saying. I'm 100% in agreement. I've been saying this for two weeks now. Now this is week three. Is that a lot of the problems that Mac Jones had early... Well, the voice is in his head. I said it at the top of the show. Get the ball down the field. Get it up where our playmakers can make plays. We want 50-50 balls. I mean, tough to, tough to re- react when you're, you have a narrative rolling around in your head. So, again, I'm not absolving Mac Jones. I am not, particularly in that Ravens game. But there are multifactors here, as uh, Ben Charrington would say, multifactorial. And I think John brings up some good points. I think they were forcing it to him a little bit. Now – it's become more of that ensemble offense that we've come to love in New England. You know, sometimes not the most talented guys, as particularly, you know, uh, on, the, on, the, on the split end at the receiver position. However, they got some guys who can go and get it. But what's now really fascinating is there's a, there's a new development. And I'd love to see what Mac Jones can do with this new development. And this new development is, not, is one, your, your one and only second-round pick from the 2022 draft is Tyquan Thornton. I like this guy. He looked great on Sunday. I like this guy. Speedy. Yeah. He's everything that Nelson Aguilar isn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, look at it. Aguilar is, um, Aguilar is a functional player. He's got speed. He can get down the field. His problem has always been, this dates back to USC when he came out, and he came out in a great draft class. I think it was the 2014 draft class. A lot of great receivers came out. Um, he was one of the sneaky guys towards the back, but he's got a fatal flaw. His fatal flaw is his hands. And, um Thornton looks to have the hands he looks to have the speed the thing I like about him he's slight in frame and he's already broken his collarbone so I'm a little worried about that however even with his skinny frame he can he can he can uh get away from he can break away from a corner even at early in five yards if they get a hold on him or they're trying to you know block his path he can he can break away um he can get open and that if you look at like the way Belichick looks at receivers, and he is not the guy to trust, unfortunately, with receivers, but some of the core competencies he looks for is, can they get open, can they catch the ball? <laughs> Pretty simple, right? And Thornton has both of those things. He can catch it, he's got you know, good-sized hands, a skinny guy, but he's got good size hands. But he can not only gain separation, but he can break away from the corner you know, and, and, and then gain separations I like him. And that jet sweep was beautiful. He's got like galloping speed. Um, so, you know, this is a nice little tool in the toolkit, a nice little toy maybe from Mac Jones, who hasn't had a lot of toys. And I'm not throwing shade on Devontae Parker. I think Devontae Parker is a good football player, and I'm glad they're starting to use him in different ways other than jump balls, because you tried that for three weeks and it didn't work so well. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean he can't do it and have success with it. It doesn't mean he and Mac Jones and Matt Patricia can't get on the same page and get it right. It just ain't there yet. So use them in different ways. And we had a texter on 3793.7 who said Devontae Parker's an A player. He's not an A player. He's got A size. He's got some A skill. He put it together one year. He had a 1,200-yard receiving year and a really good year in Miami. But, you know, the A guys are able to do that pretty much all the time. Uh, He's not one of those guys. But he's damn good. And I think with him and Thornton and the guy who gets open the easiest, Jacoby Myers, you got something. And then you got Kendrick Bourne, who's a little playmaker, too. Now... That's a whole other ball of wax with Kendrick Bourne. I don't know what's going on. And I think there is a little something to the questioning and, uh, and being in lockstep with Mac. And, you know, when he got injured, it was probably a chance for Belichick to say, you know what, you can sit down and heal for a little while. And you can too. I'm in charge here. And that's not always the best way to go about it, but I get it. Your soldiers need to be in lockstep. And when you're not, what happens? You lose. You end up one and three. It's just so perplexing because
4: this guy was supposed to be the oh uh, Kendrick Bourne was uh, supposed yeah. to be like the crown jewel this year. Like he was supposed yeah. to be the one to really take that step. And they just uh, maybe he missed a meeting. He was in someone's doghouse. He did. He, was, he was late to.
3: He was late to a meeting. We know that.
4: But like you think the guy like learned his lesson by now? Like yeah. you think you'd want to put him in, use one of your better receivers, your cheaper options. Like the deal he's on is incredible, team friendly. It's wicked team
3: friendly. Yeah. They, they, a couple things there, Justin. Uh, that's Justin Turpin, our venerable producer, uh, formerly of the Fantasy Football Hour, now with Late Night on Friday Night with me, which I'm very excited about. But uh, a couple things on that. Belichick has a dead horse Rolodex. <laughs> that is deep, man. It, that is a doghouse you do not want to get into. Uh, you know who's one of the most beloved players on the Patriots right now in the fandom of New England? Would you agree it's Ramondre, R- Ramondre Stevenson? Absolutely. Yeah, he was in the doghouse last year. Fumbling, that's Be- why. Yeah, Belichick yeah. dropped the L-bomb on him last week, last Wednesday. We week ago Wednesday, he said, I love him. You know, he waxed poetic. When's the last time you ever heard Bill, Bill Belichick say that he loves a current player? He won't even say it about Brady, okay? And it took him <laughs> damn near 70 years to sit tell Bill Parcells that he loved him on the two Bills, which is a 30 for 30. If you haven't seen you have to see that. It's fantastic. But my point is this. Belichick is not one who espouses praise much, but if you get in his doghouse, good luck getting out. And I think Kendrick Bourne was in there. Now, we've seen more of him. His snap shares have gone up. I think he was in like one play week one. He got to like a 37% snap share. So it, it's up there, but you're right. There's talent there. Now, I do think there's a little bit of an overinflation of how dynamic he actually is. Kendrick Bourne's a good player. When he was on San Francisco, he was kind of like an Edelman type. You know, for Garoppolo, he was a you know he was a, not a dynamic guy. Debo was a dynamic guy. Brandon Ayuk was a rookie. Kittle was the the go-to guy. The one I'm in trouble on third down guy was Kendrick Bourne, and that's why I thought they brought Bourne here last year. What we saw was a little bit more explosiveness than I ever expected or I ever saw in him, which was nice to see. And I think he can be a playmaker that you can use, but I don't think he is an alpha playmaker that has kind of been – Ballooned up. Can he help? Yeah, but I think he got more of a playmaker in Thornton. To be honest with you,
4: and Jacoby Myers, who might be having his best year, well, easily having his best year,
3: and his his price is just going up. Myers is perfect for the Patriots in the ensemble offense. He can get multiple yards of separation right when you need it. Third down, uh, you know, early, long down in distance. You know, you run the ball, you get stuffed. Second and ten, Myers can get you seven. Easy. That's how I love him. You know what I mean? That's how I want. That's how he fits. If you want to get dynamic, give me Thornton. I'm interested in him. And Parker, too. And Parker, too. But this 50-50 stuff, they got to find more creative ways. And, again, it's the process of Matt Patricia finding his footing as an offensive, wait for it, play caller, not coordinator. But, you know, if he keeps improving as he has, he might get that title. He might get that title. All right, we're going to do more Zappy and Mac, more Pats Bears. I want to get a little bit more into the Pats Bears on Monday night. Your calls at 617-779-7937. All your Pats talk right here, late night, WEI. Gresh and Keith,
0: weekdays 10 to 2. Now,
1: here's What's Trending on Weei. All
3: right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com is brought to you by Gould's Distinctive Clothing and Acton. All right, the Celtics had a nice win tonight. Uh, Justin, I don't have the copy in front of me, but uh, they won by nine in Miami. What was the final? They
4: did. I don't know the final off the top of my head, but it was all Celtics. Nice win by the Celtics. Aside like, from the first or six,
3: five, six minutes of the second half, it was all Celtics. Your Celtics are 2-0. and oh. Uh, big win in Miami tonight, off to a good start. And I'm expecting calls coming back from uh, Celtics games on Friday nights here at late night. So, a uh, nice win by the Celtics in Miami. The Phillies in the NLCS took a 2-1 series lead over the Padres, defeating the Padres 4-2. to And guess who hit a home run, Justin? That would be Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. Why, why can't we get guys like that? A little stick tap and tribute to one Bob Lobel. Pats taking on the Bears on Monday Night Football. Mac Jones, 90 seconds of media today and showed up on NBC Sports Edge as a full practice participant. I've seen limited. I've heard full. I'm going with full. I think you see him. Uh, Jonu Smith was a limited today. Nelson Aguilar, limited as well. Um, and you'll have a full injury update probably coming on Saturday because it's a Monday night game. Damian
4: Harris, full participant. Yeah, Damian that Harris, was, that full was an participant.
3: One. He was supposed to miss a couple weeks. I don't know what happened to that. Yeah, he was said to be missing multiple weeks. So Damian Harris has had two full practices in a row. So that can complicate things uh, in terms of the Patriots' uh, backfield. But I love the Ramondre Damian Harris combo. You'll see more of that likely on Monday night. Who knows? And the Bruins have a matinee tomorrow? That's correct. 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock at the Garden. Yes, sir. All right. That's it for Trending Now. More of Late Night with Jim Hackett on WEI coming up next.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: WEEI
2: Late Night on WEEI.
0: Boston Sports Original.
3: You just can't come back and not hear the cowbell. You need more cowbell. This song is amazing. It's 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 a great song. Yeah. Someday we'll do a classic rock show, and that that will be on the list. A shout-out and a thank you to the 774 texter who got us right. I did a trending now with no copy. Did that one raw, Justin. What do you think? That was pretty impressive. (laughs) But the Celtics won 111-104. We knew they won. We knew they won by somewhere close to six to nine points, and we got it right. We just think of the score. So thanks to the 774-111-104, Celtics. Do some damage down in Miami, which is nice. We're talking Patriots here, and uh, that same 774 texter brought up a good point. Something I thought of earlier. I didn't have a microphone back then, so I just kind of said it to myself and whoever would listen. Kenny Laird actually said it on the, uh, the Ken and Curtis show uh, early in the season, which was that Brian Hoyer might actually be like the sneaky de facto offensive coordinator. And I didn't uh, play call. I didn't really pan out that way, but I do think he could be a future guy to tap for that. I mean, think about it. He's been in and out of the organization since 2005. And as we said at the beginning of the show, the offense, minus the introduction of some new things to the scheme, the zone blocking, the much hood zone blocking scheme, the 50-50 balls, go-get-it stuff, the getting the ball down the field, yada, 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 that was a miserable failure leading into the season and then the first 3 weeks of the season I think it kind of set Mac off on the wrong on the wrong path. But they've righted that. But even during that time they it was starting to look like the Patriots offense. And who's been around longer other than Belichick to witness operate, practice, communicate about sit in the quarterback room with it than Brian Hoyer. And often guys like him, oftentimes guys like him in sports that have some of it, not all of it uh, they've got the intelligence. Sometimes when they get you know into the situation, it just doesn't all come together. Uh, those guys make good coaches sometimes. Not head coaches, but coordinators. You know, Jason Garrett's a guy. You know, Jason Garrett. Kellen who, Moore. Kellen Speaking Moore. Of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And Jason Garrett wasn't great, okay? But, like, he was better as a coordinator than he was as a head coach. But it, th- these guys sometimes that have to work harder because they don't have what the people who actually get on the field have they think a lot they process well you know Brady's a nice guy but Brady always spoke really highly of of Hoyer in terms of his intelligence so to the seven seven four texture yeah we're like minded on that he's a guy particularly look if you're like Belichick and he he kind of looks at his coaching staff like it has a salary cap it doesn't there's no salary cap If he wanted to spend a billion dollars on coaches he could. That's why I think it's kind of unforgivable that he didn't go and get Billy O'Brien. The excuse he had is like, well, I didn't want to bring him in and then lose him in a year. Well, why would you lose him in a year? Pay him, pay the man, give him a five-year contract problem solved. You know what I mean? But if you're looking for a discount solution, someone you can groom, you know, Nick Caley's there. He's been working with the tight ends, a guy, Andy Hart kind of pinged over the summer, uh, that might have minimal, minimally at least influence on the play calling. Um, but the Patriots, the brain drain of the Patriots organization, I've talked about this for two weeks, is, and I've been writing about it for a couple of years, it, it is pretty significant. I mean, they've lost a lot of brain power in that organization. So Kaylee's probably a guy that someone like McDaniels or someone else is going to try to pluck. You always have to be refilling that funnel with talent, not only in the draft and free agency and the waiver wire on the field, but in your organization, personnel, coaches. You always have to be grooming people. Hoyer's a guy I would groom, and we, we've seen... We've seen Patriots players come in as coaches and and move up the chain. Gerard Mayo is a guy. Love to keep Gerard Mayo. Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Mayo's a guy's a little further along, you know what I mean, that's probably going to get plucked if, unless they do the right thing and keep him around. I bet Denver's regretting not hiring Gerard Mayo and hiring Nathaniel Hackett instead. I would say, yeah, no relation. Uh, there's no Uncle Nate to uh, Jim Hackett here, thank God. Uh, I think he he's the rare coach, I think, that's going to be a one-and-done. You know, Usually these guys, even Patricia, got three years. Um, it feels like it was Aaron Rodgers' bait, doesn't it? Was kind of just trying to get
4: them. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers and yeah. they took a flyer with it, and it yeah. just
3: backfired. Yeah, yeah. They went with the loss leader, and they didn't get the prize. And the, didn't get the prize in the cracker jack box. I think you're right on that. But back to Hoyer, I I think that's an interesting point by the texter. So shout out to you. I've thought of it. I know Ken Laird's thought of it because I've actually heard him on the microphone say it. So yeah, maybe down the line, maybe down the line. But it brings up a different part of the conversation with the Patriots, is which is, and I think they're getting better at it in terms of uh, more eyeballs, more opinions in terms of personnel, you got to keep filling that funnel, man. And, and the one good thing that's come of this controversy, or I, I call it a competition, not really a controversy. It's called a conversation because it's not really a controversy with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi is that at least you're seeing that there's a potential succession plan isn't the right word because Mac's still early in his career. But you, you've got some depth there. You know what I mean? You always have to be building organizational depth. So, you know, when they drafted him in the fourth round, a lot of us are probably like, well, why are they taking a quarterback? And the first word I said was competition. I was watching the draft on NFL Network or ESPN or one of those, and I said to myself, competition. Belichick loves him some competition. And I'm glad he did because uh, it's working out. You know, you're 3-3 three and three now. And I want to get into what's, what's happening in the AFC a little bit and what it means to your New England Patriots. Now, if you're just catching us now, you didn't hear the beginning of the show. I talked about this last week. I talked about it today. Right now, as it stands, heading into week seven, there's only six teams in the AFC that have a winning record. The Bills are 5-1. and one. They're the cream of the crop. The Chiefs are 4-2. and two. The Chargers are 4-2. I think they're kind of a weak 4-2. I gotta see it from the Chargers before I believe it.
4: I can't trust Brennan Staley either. Yeah, that guy is. I. I. He's not fit to be a head coach. We no. saw it last year in Week Seven or Week Eighteen against the uh, Raiders. Yeah, it's just he's not. Yeah, gave it. Gave. gave, gave the game away. away.
3: Gave the game away to a interim coach. By the way, um, I like the quarterback. A lot of talent on that Chargers team. I like Eckler. Uh, I like the tight end Gerald Everett. Love their receivers. Big Mike Williams. Keenan Allen has been hurt all year. Josh Palmer, talented, great defense. Something missing with that team. Okay. So you got the Bills on the top of the conference at five and one. The Chiefs, four and two. That's the class. The Chargers are four and two. Do you think they're the third best team in the AFC? I'm not so sure. I don't think so. The Jets are four and two. They're most certainly not the third best team in the AFC. And you play them two more times. You play them two more times. The Titans are three and two. They don't worry me. The Colts are three, two, and one. They're a paper three win team. I I just, I don't believe in the Colts. And I've said it, you know, now three times that. Matt Ryan never recovered, and he never will recover from from the Super Bowl uh, defeat at the hands of the Patriots, 28-3, all that. Who is the third best team in the conference? I would submit to you that it's up for grabs. Who worries you? The Bills and the Chiefs worry me. The Chargers don't worry me. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have owned the Chargers, and not only that, they've owned the Justin Herbert Chargers, okay? The Josh Herbert Chargers, they... they this is not a team I fear. They've shut them out twice, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they did it with Cam Newton. Too. Yeah, right. So, who worries you? Who's the third best team in the conference? Maybe the Bengals. The Bengals are three and three. They're not, but you know, the Bengals are the defending conference champions. They're starting to get their mojo. But the point of this whole conversation is, your New England Patriots, with a third string rookie quarterback, are sitting at thir- three and three. They get a cream puff opponent on Monday night at home against the Bears. Whether it's Zappi or Mac Jones, I'm chalking that one up for a win. You're 4-3. and three. You are right in the mix. Then you get two big ones against the Jets, and the Jets are improving. And you know what? I'm glad they're improving, and I'll tell you why. It's more fun when the AFC is competitive. You know, it was great for 20 years here when the Patriots was rolling over everyone. It was great. But a little competition would have been nice. And, and the one time you had it was with the Jets, with Rex Ryan and Chad Pennington and, you know, those teams. So... It's good. It's good for business. It's good for football. It's good for the AFC East. It's good for the Patriots, in a way. Because the, the Patriots, even when they're not the Patriots that we came to know from 2001 through 2018, they're always at their best when they're pushed in competitive, You know, in, in competitive situations. And that's what Belichick thrives on. That's the whole reason Bailey Zappi was drafted. It's good for Mac Jones if Bailey Zappi's here. And if you're a Patriots fan, it's good for you. And if Mac trips over as you-know-what on Monday night or when he plays against the Jets, then you know you have a security blanket. I'm just saying, and I've been saying all show, I want it to be a fair fight. Give the man a chance with the amount of play action you've given Zappy. Give the man the chance that you gave Zappy with the max protection, all that. But you're in a good situation at quarterback. You know what I mean? What I wouldn't do, and what I don't want to see, is Mac Jones to get anxious to get his job back as this thing gets you know, further and further away from the last time that we saw him and come back not healthy. And I talked about this last week. With a high ankle sprain, it's a, it's a tricky injury. You know what I mean? And I think people get it twisted a little bit because the words ankle sprain are in there. I've sprained 10 ankles in my life. You know, probably Anyone listening has probably sprained an ankle. Most people sprain an ankle. The emphasis in the injury high ankle sprain shouldn't be on the words ankle sprain. It should be on the word high because that's where the problem is. It's above the ankle.
4: Which almost required surgery
3: or should have required yeah. surgery. Well, the Patriots apparently reportedly wanted him to have it. But the... the it's called a high ankle sprain, and I think that label does it a disservice because what's actually happening is your ligaments that are connecting, you know, the lower part of your leg to your foot at your ankle are either overstretched or torn. So it's more like a torn ligament. You know what I mean? So and that's a problem. I've torn ligaments, and they take a long time to heal. I got one now. So I I, I, I think that is an injury that takes time. And the initial diagnosis was four to six weeks. Well, Monday nights, four weeks and one day, the exact minimum of the original diagnosis. So is Mac ready? He's talking to the media for a good 90 seconds. He he practiced reportedly in full today. So maybe he is. He also traveled last week. Yeah. I want to get, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. Uh, That's something I've heard a lot about. And I I watched Boston sports tonight. um, And Felger and, and Holly were talking about it. And, And Michael Felger was like, well, why'd they do that? He thought it was a kind of a mind game. I I, I actually think one thing I think I've learned about Bill Belichick is it's all about the, the smoke screen. It's all about obfuscation with the opponent. Anything he can do, even if it's it takes three seconds of real estate in the opposing coach's mind and something he has to address, something he has to consider in terms of planning to play against the Patriots. Max on the plane. Huh? Maybe I should watch a little Mac film. If he can just do that and it occupies two minutes of significance, it's worth it to Belichick. And it it all ties back to that. That's why he doesn't talk to the media. He doesn't ever want to give up any sort of advantage, and he wants to give his opponent every sort of disadvantage he possibly can. And it makes sense. And when you put it all together in terms of the way he operates, the economics of his roster, the way that he values the back half, the back third, the last ten, the last three spots on the roster more than anyone else, the way he values special teams, the way he goes about not promoting his coaches or not going out and you know just paying for the biggest coordinator, it all goes back to value. And it all goes back to the gamesmanship that can help you on game day. So I think Mac being on that plane was less about him being anywhere near probable it was just to give uh, S- uh, Stefanski something else to think about.
4: Put him out there, have him throw a couple balls while the media is there, and then yeah. just go back Rubble in the back room and go get
3: some treatment. Yeah, and I don't think he had a brace on when he was in like his, like his shorts and T-shirt and he was throwing it around. Just give him something to think about. Huh, maybe, maybe. And again, it might have occupied all of two minutes in the opposition's mind. It might have been 20 minutes, might have been two hours. Maybe they didn't consider it. But if Belichick sees value in it, any sort of advantage he can get, he's going to take it. And that's exactly what I think that was about. I wow. could definitely see that. It's 100%. Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick. Any advantage he can get. Um, so some interesting uh, stuff to talk about in terms of the Patriots. And uh, the calls have been great. Appreciate you guys participating. The text at 37937. If you want to weigh in on your thoughts about Mac Jones and Billy Zappi, you can get us at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. But a couple other thoughts. You know, what do you think on the AFC? Who do you think is Third. Is it the Bengals? I'll give it to the Bengals just because they're the defending conference champion. But let's look. A lot has been spoken. I've spoken about it a lot. About this soft, gooey, squishy part of the schedule that the Patriots are in the midst of right now where they need to make hay. And I said in my first show when they came in on Friday night that they should win five of these six. And I think they they can and they should. Um, Maybe a split with the Jets is kind of how it looks to me. Now, if Jonathan Taylor comes back to Indy, that changes things a little bit. But, again... Anyone who's listened to me for a long time knows I'm not a believer in that organization, that quarterback and that team as presently constituted. But I want to look at what happens after the bye, when they get through this soft period. That if you want to consider the Jets still part of the soft period, okay. I would say after the bye it gets serious. So, let's look at the opponents, at the opponents. At the Vikings on Thursday night football. Justin, that worry you? Honestly,
4: no, because it's a primetime Kirk Cousins game. That's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I think Bill's going to be ready to go.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not worried about that. Now, the Vikings are a good organization. They're a good team. they got a good defense. Sneakily 5-1. and one. Yeah, sneakily 5-1. and one. Good team. But I like the Patriots on Thursdays. They're they're the kind of organization, and this is another reason to get Mac Jones ready. Don't you want him on, on a short week versus Bailey Zappi at that point in the schedule? I do. So... The Vikings, that's a competitive game. It's a tough game. A very winnable game. I like the Patriots on short weeks. I always have. All right, the Bills on on Thursday, December 1st. Don't like that one at all. No, Sorry. I hate that one. That's an L. <laughs> Following week, at the Cardinals, okay, and that is a Monday night game. Now, the Cardinals looked pretty good in their victory last uh, on Thursday night last night. But, you know, Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes in that, so... And you know, one in the end zone, and yeah, one of the. So you know, I don't know. The Cardinals don't really worry me. To me, that's a pretty winnable game. Okay, I mean, it, it's a it's a tough opponent. Don't get me wrong. But Are you scared? I'm not scared. Sunday, December 18th at the Raiders. Okay, interesting. You got McDaniel's there. A lot of weaponry there. Uh, a team that looked pretty good last year, made the playoffs. But are you worried about them? Given what we've seen from this team so far no. in, in the Raiders, no. Under, you can't be under 500. And they got Josh McDaniels as the coach, who's still a work in progress. Big believer in Josh, by the way. I I think he's in the top one to three best offensive coordinators I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've said that before. I said it in the studio with Brian Barrett, um, you know, months and months and months ago. He looked at me cross-eyed. I said, "Well, give me give me someone who's better." He said, "Kyle Shanahan." I go, What's he ever won? You know what I mean? So please give me a break with that. The Bengals. The Bengals on Christmas Eve. Okay, look it. That's the defending champs of the AFC. They're probably at 3 and 3 though under 500, probably the best of the rest after the Bills and the Chiefs. But again, that's a home game. Uh I expect the Bengals to be playing better by then. So that's one you have to consider. It's a tough one for sure. I wouldn't say I'm worried about it though. It's also late in the season yeah. where you know the Patriots
4: will have this whole quarterback thing figured out. The yeah. defense is playing unbelievable. So I could really see the Patriots winning that one too. It's at home. Cold Gillette New uh, Christmas Eve? Yeah. I actually like the Patriots.
3: Well, Cincinnati's not the Caribbean, you know what I mean? Yeah, so they got cold weather. They still
4: Gillett, Gillette's a tough place to understand. play, especially in those winter months. Yeah,
3: understand. Uh Miami at home. You know, like Miami's a good club. Uh they're not too solid a quarterback. You know, Tua's good and he's back, but my belief system in Tua isn't all that high. So I mean, I love their weapons, you know, and then they've got a good team and uh but you know, they got a coach who's never been there before. They never play well up here, as we don't play well down there. So, you know, again. And then you get the Bills. You close out at the Bills. So, I mean, really? The two that stick out are the Bills. You know, and, and, and the other ones, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be tough. But it's not a lost cause. But to make it happen, to make it real, you've got to get to 4-3 and three this week. And you will. And I don't care if it's Zappy or if it's uh, Mac Jones in that context. How I care about it is getting ready for the rest of those games that we just went through. And who are you better off rolling with? I think it's a healthy Mac. And better if he's healthy and able right now, there's a difference between able and healthy. I'd like him closer to healthy. But if he's healthy and he's ready to go and he's able to do it and he does it and he looks comfortable in a victory on Monday, you ride it out with him. Unless he just throws up on himself. Then you have the security blanket of Zappi, and I think that's the way to look at it. And do you worry a little bit at all about
4: the pressure on Mac and how he's going to handle this. This is new. I mean, yeah. the guy is now maybe fearing for his job. Does that worry you at all?
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's it's a fascinating topic, isn't it? It's going to be great for us to talk about. I mean, it's something we haven't seen. The one thing I would say about that is, you know, he wasn't handed anything at Alabama. You know, he was a backup at Alabama for a year, right? He sat for a year. So he's been through it a little bit. This is different. I don't think he's ever had an injury uh, in, in the more mature part of his career. I mean, maybe he got hurt as a kid, but you know, in Alabama he wasn't hurt, and he hasn't been hurt in New England until now. So, yeah, there's some adversity, and you're going to learn something about him. And I think that's all part of the process, isn't it? You know what I mean? That has to be part of the process. How does he react when he comes back? How does he react if he doesn't play well? Wins the game, but has a couple spots, and the fans boom, as, as you mentioned earlier in the show. I forget who you mentioned, that. Uh, oh, Paul Perillo's dad. I got to think. If you're a pro and you're at that level, you got to be able to tune out the noise and 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 deal. Mac seems to me like a guy who is a thinker, you know, and that can be really good in terms of preparation, and it can be really bad in terms of if you're thinking too much on the field, which was Exhibit A uh, in the first three weeks of the season. I think. I think it was very clear he was overthinking, but I think there was good reason for it because I think. The way the Belichick built the staff and the new scheme, it was trapped in the front of his brain. So I give him a little bit of a pass for that. But to your point, Justin, what happens after he returns and how he handles that adversity, it's going to be a fascinating topic. And If you want to weigh in on it, you can weigh in at 617-779-7937. But you got to hold on because we're going to take a quick break. Back after this.
2: W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original.
0: WEEI Late
2: Night. On Boston Sports Original. WEEI.
3: All right, welcome back. Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. Thanks for joining us. Lots of calls, lots of texts tonight. Appreciate it. We're in the final segment. We're going to wrap up kind of what we've been talking about uh, all game, all, all, all night about uh, Monday's game and a lot of Billy Zappi and a lot of Mac talk. I'm in the camp of uh, give, give Mac another shot. I think he's earned that, and I want a fair fight with that. But I want to turn the page a little bit and talk a little bit about Monday night's game and, and think about what the approach is going to be. I've been saying all along it's a cream puff and the Patriots are going to win. But what does that look like? Uh, Justin Fields, a talented quarterback for Chicago, mistake-prone, Inaccurate, all things that play right into Belichick's hand. I don't think he's going to have to have to concentrate on him too much. He's got some legs he can run, so they'll play some contain. I think what you saw, even though they're different players, I think what you saw the Patriots do to Jacoby Brissett last week is going to be very similar. Like when, when it has to happen, they're going to confuse and amaze him defensively. And that team, whether you confuse, dazzle them, break them down, they can't move the ball. Chicago is in a lot of trouble offensively. They've got a good running back in David Montgomery. I think the better guy is actually on the bench, Khalil Herbert, but he's the guy that kind of backs him up. So I'm looking for a 27-3 route by the Patriots, a comfortable win led by defense, and I think Mac Jones will be at the switch. He'll be at the controls based on what we saw today. Let's see what – Mike and Newton, he's a three-week caller, and he likes to talk about the Pats, and let's bring him on. Mike, good evening.
2: Hatsaw, what's up? You hey, I just on. wanted to say um, I'm not excited at all for Matt Jones to take back over, and uh, honestly, like, like, I know he's, he's he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, Yeah. but he's got zero personality And he's just so boring. I really, I would really, I I, I think Bailey Zappi's going to start Monday night. Uh, And the reason is, I think, because Belichick always holds his cards close to his vest. And I just think, you know, what's the reason to rush him back if, like you said earlier, he's at four weeks of a four to six weeks. Injury. Rehab for his his high ankle sprain. And, um, you know, I mean, the Bears are terrible, but their defense is not the worst. And like I don't see the reason to rush him back for a Monday night game. Um and I just don't think parts of, I, I excuse me, I just don't think uh Belichick is gonna rush him back that quick. I think um he, he, you know, I was I was actually wrong last week. I I they really opened up the offense. Yeah, I think, they did. I don't know what I don't know what the talk is that they've like dumbed down the game plan for Bailey Zappi and they've, you know, uh either running like a different playbook or something like absolutely not. They they opened the the playbook up if anything last week and he and Bailey Zappi did great as a kid. The, the kid really has a pocket presence that that, that uh, Mac Jones just doesn't have. Well, what they did, Mike,
3: what they did, good points and appreciate that. They, the, the What they did that was different, Mike, in that, good call by Mike as always. Um, I don't know if you heard the, statistic, the statistics I uh, gave in the earlier part of the show, but you know they ran max protection for him nearly 50% of the time, 48.3% 48, 48. in the two games and three quarters that Bailey Zappi's been on the field. The Patriots have been in max protection. They've also run play action almost a third of the time, 31.6% of the time. Whereas with Mac Jones, when he was in there earlier, where they were trying things out with the 50-50 balls, the zone run scheme, um, the other element there, the, they're going down the field a little bit more, the, the more air yards, riskier, riskier stuff, you know, stuff that they weren't great at at the offensive line and, and didn't have the cohesion on in terms of the zone blocking scheme. The 50-50 stuff was proven to be a failure uh, earlier. doesn't mean it can't work. And then going down the field, the air yards, they, I think it hurt a little bit. Um, but the lack of play action, you know, to, uh, just to kind of react to what Mike was saying, 10.8% of the time in play action, Matt can do play action. But 31.6% for Zappi, that makes life easier. And the receivers are getting better and stuff. So I like Zappi, too. I like what I've seen. I think, you know, I think they, they put a better wall of protection around him in every way. More play action to keep defenses, you know, on their toes, giving uh, his receivers a chance to get open quicker, um, setting up the run game better. And it, it just, it's made it all easier for Zappi. Now that said, he went in and he executed. Well done. Good job. I just think Mac has earned a chance to, be seen with that same campus, that that same canvas. I I think that's important. Now, I agree with Mike on the fact, don't rush him back. There's no need to rush him back. If he's not close to 100% and can't be productive how he is, well, you've got an answer. Zappi's right there. You've got your answer. That's fine. But back to what I was talking about, about the schedule, two coming up with the Jets, conference game against the Colts, even though I don't respect them, and then the toughest part of the schedule coming. If you are going to flip it back to Mac, better to get a couple fights under his belt that he can win. You know, get those get the, get the confidence back. Not saying he doesn't have confidence. He's a pretty confident, I would say cocky kid. But you know, he's watching someone who's trying to supplant him and take his job. So, he's human. So, I'd if it's going to happen and instinctively, I think it's going to happen. I think the switch is going to happen if he's ready. I wouldn't hate seeing it happen Monday night against the Bears because I think it offers him the best opportunity to be successful. And that's what we want, right? We want them to be successful. Now, if he poops his pants, Zappy can go in there and win that game. He's proven that. And then we see what happens. Then it gets real interesting on late night Friday night. That's for sure. So thanks for tuning in. We've got lots of calls tonight. Keep them coming. We'll be back next Friday. I'm sure we'll be talking about Pat's Jets. That'll be fun. I'll have to look at the Celtics schedule. Maybe you guys will be coming back from uh, the garden and we can talk some Celtics. So have a great weekend. Have fun Monday night. Drive safely. Have fun. And thanks for tuning in.
2: WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original.